0: Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message today, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. First eight verses of Psalm 34. While you are turning there, I want to tell you something that I know you don't know. I became a grandfather this week. I know you don't know that. Yeah, I haven't put too many pictures on Facebook yet, just a few, just a few, and uh, uh, several of you have, uh, we didn't know you were going to do this, several of you have given us gifts for the baby. Thank you very much. Some of you signed those, some of them are anonymous, and uh, you didn't have to do that. We very much appreciate it, and I just want to thank you for being what you naturally are. You have always been so good. To Amanda and me and our kids and I just want to thank you for that very much uh, For those of you who haven't given yet uh, Let me just tell you because uh, we've gotten a lot of things that we probably don't need any more of so here are the things that we really need first She needs a catcher's mitt. She needs a catcher's mitt with a with a with a face mask And she also needs a Braves cap now. I've already given her a Braves uniform but it didn't come with a cap. She needs a Braves cap, so a a catcher's mitt, catcher's mask, and a a Braves cap, and a a baseball bat would be nice. That'd be really good. And uh, two ping pong paddles. She needs two ping pong paddles. Um, And uh, if you want to, if you're getting the ping pong paddles, you can throw in one of those three-star 40 millimeter uh, ping pong balls. Now, they make the smaller ones. We don't play with the small ping pong balls. We're, We're the big ping pong ball people and uh, so she needs those. So if, if you haven't bought anything yet that's really what she needs I think more than anything you know what I'm saying and we're talking about you know necessities here stuff like that but um, yeah it's awesome. So I appreciate all of you. Uh, I want you to turn with me to Psalm 34. The title of this message is Observations of a King. This, uh, this psalm was written by King David Uh, after he had, at the time when he had almost been captured by uh, an enemy king, and in order to keep from being captured by this king, he made out like he was insane. And his apparent insanity fooled the king. And uh, afterward, uh, David was uh, rescued, and he is writing this psalm to God in appreciation for what God did for him during that time when he was almost captured. So, Psalm 34, verse 1. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together." I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. And he saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. You probably already know that the book of Psalms was the ancient hymn book of the Jewish faith. Uh, instead of, you know, you remember back whenever we used to have hymns and we'd open it up and say, all right, turn to hymn number 94 or 133, and we'd open it up and we'd sing. Those were the, the hymn books. The, the Psalms were the hymn books for the ancient Jewish faith, they were like the overhead screens for the lyrics. Uh, Of the songs that they used to worship. Some of those psalms were meant to be sung. Some of them were meant to be recited by either an individual or a group. There are others that are meant to be uh, spoken in part by a leader, but then as responsive readings by the congregation back to uh, the leader and together to God. So this this book of Psalms was more than, than what we might think of it being when we just open it. It is the hymn book of The Jewish faith and oddly enough we don't have the musical notes to accompany these these words so we don't know how the songs actually went we don't know what the melody was to any of the songs but we have these lyrics the words and these lyrics are they're incredible they're incredible for what they tell us about God and they're incredible for what they tell us about life But I think that they are incredible because of their their honesty. The Psalms are beautifully and at times brutally honest. We think of life as a cup of water. Some people see the cup as half full, others see it as half empty. The psalmists weren't afraid to say, yes, the cup is half full. But there were other times when they didn't shy away from saying, but you know there are times when it's half empty. And so they painted a very real, brutally, and yet beautifully real picture of the way life is. Psalm 34 is a song of thanksgiving. There are in the 150 Psalms in the book of Psalms, there are 15 Psalms that can be titled songs of thanksgiving. Psalm 34 is one of them. These psalms were psalms where, the, where the, the psalmist would sing about God's faithfulness to deliver them in times of great tragedy. Sometimes the tragedy was war. Sometimes the tragedy was enemies. Sometimes the tragedy was illness. But for, for different tragedies, they proclaimed the goodness of God. And here in Psalm 34, we have a psalm that that refers most likely to a, a story that happened in 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 10 through 15, where David was running from King Saul. King Saul, the first king of Israel, was trying to kill David, and he was running from him, and he ran to King Achish, who later may have been known as Abimelech, but he ran to King Achish, and Achish Recognized David, and because of that, David was was afraid for his life, and so David made out like he was insane, and he fooled Achish. And God through this in, this this feigned insanity rescued David. It is a psalm where David looks at this this near death experience that he had, and he sees he sees it for what it really was. And he doesn't try to sugarcoat the harshness of the situation, but at the same time, he he paints a beautiful picture of the goodness of God during these hard times. And so this is a king making observations about God and about life. I want to tell you three things, three observations that he makes in this psalm. First off, He observed the realities of life. The realities of life. Now, here's the honest truth about the realities of life. There are things in life that are absolutely joyful, wonderful, awe-inspiring. We've all experienced them. There are other things in life that are, quite frankly, some of the most harsh realities that we face in life. Illness dangers, disagreements, pain. So let me just pause right here. I want to put pause on this sermon and uh, I want to show you something. I want to show you pictures of my grandbaby. I know you don't want to see them. I know you don't want to see them, but uh, you know, I don't want to get too heavy in the sermon without first pausing. So I want you to see this. Y'all were a little slow putting pictures of my baby up there now. Y'all get, get on up there. You know, uh, this no, no, give me the, go back. To, give, give, look, those are not the two most, some of the most beautiful, two of the most beautiful women you've ever seen in your life. That's Amanda. That's Amanda. And that's my Bellamy Rose. Her name is Bellamy. Bellamy means beautiful friend. Bellamy Rose. Rose means Rose. And her, and her last name is Orr. Bellamy Rose Orr. That's, that's, Two of my favorite, two of my favorite ladies, my favorite ladies right there. Now the next, the next one, the next one, oh, dude, look at that, look at that, does that not need to be framed somewhere? Uh, this is Bellamy, and Bell, you can tell that she is, her face is pointed toward me, there's good reason for that, because we're good friends. And so this is me and Bellamy, and then the next, the next slide, look at that. Look at that! She's just a few hours old, and she's smiling. Do you see the smile on her face? Hello. Tell me, you see the smile on that baby's face? You see the smile on that baby's face? Now you don't know this, but I I know this because I've just got I got kind of a kindred spirit with her. Uh, She is thinking about her grandfather right there, and it's making her smile. It's making her smile. Now I know, I know. Some of you have tried to burst my bubble. Some of you have. Some of you have come to me and you said, Jimmy. You need to stop fooling yourself. Stop kidding yourself. That girl is not thinking about you. That girl is passing gas. And that's the reason that she is smiling like that. She's passing gas. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. That girl is not passing gas. If anybody ought to know if she was passing gas, her grandfather, who was there, taking the picture, should have known. I should know whether or not she's passing gas. Number one, I could have smelt it if she had been passing gas. She was not passing gas. Besides that, there are other reasons why I know she wasn't passing gas. And you ladies know this to be true. You know this to be true. Girls, women, females. They don't smile when they pass gas. They don't. They keep a straight face. That's why women are so dangerous when it comes to the issue of passing gas. They're very, very dangerous. They don't make it, they don't make it. I'm telling you, now a man on the other hand, a man, if he's gonna pass gas, he's gonna smile about it. You never know. Honestly, you never know if that smile is passing gas or if it's passing something else. But but a man's gonna always smile. A girl is not gonna smile. She's not smiling about passing gas. She's thinking about her grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to do this to y'all every week. (laughs) I just love that picture. It's wonderful. Um, Having your first grandbaby, having your first baby, having your first grandbaby is one of the joyful realities of life, isn't it? For those of you who have a child, those of you who adopted a child, getting that child the first day, was that not just an incredible, incredible moment? The beautiful realities of life. The the time when you first fell in love, you remember that? Or the time when you first fell in love with the person that you ended up marrying, you remember that sick to your stomach, butterfly feeling? You remember that? Do you? Some of you are thinking, oh gosh, it's been so long since I could… That beautiful, wonderful, sick-to-your-stomach feeling of falling in love. Those are the beautiful realities of life. But then there are also harsh realities. And what I love about the Psalms is, yes, they talk about the beautiful realities, but they also talk about the harsh realities of life as well. Um, Bellamy was born on a week ago Thursday. She was born on the 26th. Is that right? The 26th of October. And, uh, we expected her on the 30th. So the 30th was Monday. And so I wouldn't, I didn't know but what she might be born the day before. And so I decided I needed to have somebody preach for me. And so I had RJ, thank you RJ for that great message last week. Appreciate RJ. I appreciate you so much for, for, you, for what, what you do. So I had RJ to preach for me, right? And, uh, I had all the, I was supposed to sing a song with the choir in the first service. We swapped that around. They were gracious to do that for me, so I I wouldn't have to be here. So last Sunday, instead of being here, I was, uh, I went, we went to see our grandbaby. And uh, boy, we had a great time with her last Sunday, you know, and then we got back down here. They live an hour and a half north of here. We got back down here in time for Trunk or Treat. So we had a very busy, very wonderful Sunday last Sunday, right? And then a man and I get home and we have dinner and then we go to bed, right? And then about 3:30 something happened. My stomach started churning. It woke me up. I thought, "Mmm, I got to try to sleep this thing away." It was bad. It was a stomach bug. See, this is going to be a sermon for y'all to remember. I've already just overblown uh, in your mind pictures of my granddaughter. Now I'm going to talk about stomach bug. It's going to be a wonderful day. And not only did I get it, but Amanda got it. So we couldn't go to see Bellamy Monday. And although we were over it, Tuesday. We didn't go Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or even Friday because we had that stomach bug. And I had it for 14 hours, 14 hours. Most people have it 24 hours. Some people who are really bad, because only bad people does this happen to, they have it for 48 hours. I had it, I had it for 14 hours, and I'll tell you why. This is one of the good things about being a pastor. You get a discount when it comes to things like (laughs) like stomach bug. You get a discount. It doesn't last quite as long, right? So I had it for 14 hours, but man, I'm telling you, it was awful. It was awful. I won't go into the bad details about it, but it was just, just just suffice it to say, it was absolutely awful. The only thing I ate was a cup of chicken broth with a couple of saltine crackers to go with it, and it was all I could do to keep them down, man. It was terrible. So I thought the next morning on Tuesday, I felt a little bit better, right? The, the the fourteen hours had gone. I got up and I thought, you know, they're all, they're, there's probably a silver lining in this big stomach flu thing, and that is, maybe I've lost some weight, because you see, I weighed two months ago, and I weighed two months ago two hundred and thirty pounds, most I've ever weighed in my life. I've been sick about it. I, I didn't weigh that much. Uh, the only last time I weighed that much was uh, three days. No, not three days. Uh, in high school. In high school, I weighed 228. Well, it's two months ago, I weighed 230. Most I've ever weighed. So I thought, well, after this stomach bug, man, surely I've lost some weight. So I got up, and the first thing I did, before I ate anything, I pulled out my scales, and I stepped up on those scales, expecting to lose weight, maybe a pound or two or three or five, and it said 232. <laughs> it said 232 pounds. I'm talking about the harsh realities of life, is what I'm talking about here. There are great realities, like the birth of a first grandbaby. There are harsh realities like a stomach flu. You know, but I know some folks who wish that a stomach bug was all they had. Christy Francis, who's a member of our church. She's my age, maybe younger than my age. She's battling cancer. Grover and uh, Cynthia Curry, who come to our first service. Their daughter, Dottie Priatko, one of the most kind and generous people I've ever met and she's battling, for the second time she's battling cancer and it's just really taking a toll. They would, they would be glad to swap and have a stomach bug. What I'm getting across to you here is in the Psalms, the Psalmists speak of the realities of life. Yes, there are joys, yes, there are awesome times, but yes, there are times that are very hard. In, in this Psalm, you see some, some words that, that imply that there are some bad times. For instance, look at verse 2. You find the word afflicted. Verse 4, all my fears. Verse 5, shame. Verse 6, this poor man. Again, verse 6, troubles. This, the psalmist talks about the need for people to be delivered, the, people for, the need for people to have refuge. And so there's the obvious hint that there are harsh realities in life as well as Great realities. But second, he observed the goodness of God. Where would we be in life with all of our good times and all of our really hard times were it not for the goodness of God? Verse 4 I sought the Lord, and what did he do? He answered me. Verse 4 I sought the Lord, and what did he do? He delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, those who look to the Lord are radiant, their faces not covered with shame. Verse 6, this poor man called, called upon the Lord. And what did the Lord do? He heard him and he saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And then in verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm going to stand up here before you and tell you that I don't understand why a lot of the things that are happening in our world are happening. I don't. I don't understand why uh, people sometimes act the way they do. I don't. But I will tell you this, that, that regardless of whether I'm experiencing the joy of a new grandbaby or the heartbreak of, a, of losing a friend, I know this at the end of every day, God has been good to me. God has been so good to me. God has been better to me than I've ever deserved. We can look upon our lives and be a, assured of the goodness of God. And then the third thing that he observes, the final thing, not only did he observe the realities of life, both good and bad, and the goodness of God, but he observed his responsibility for sharing the hope. Verse 3 is an invitation to those who are listening, to his subjects, and also to us. He says this, he says, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You see, in this verse... David shows not only that he's aware of the realities of life, good and bad, and not only is he uh, aware of the goodness of God, especially to himself, but he finds in himself an obligation, a responsibility to tell others about the hope that God has given him during his darkest times. There's not a person in this room who hasn't seen good times. There's also not a person in this room who hasn't seen bad times. There's not a person in this room who hasn't tasted of the goodness of God. And there's not a person in this room for whom there is not the responsibility to tell others about the hope that God has given you. Would you do that? If I challenged you before this day is over to take your experiences with God and share the hope you've received through that relationship to share that with one person. I just want, hey, I, I don't know what, you, you can go up to someone, I don't know what you're going through. I'm not going to insult you and say that I know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through, but here's what I do know. God's been good to me and I want to share with you the goodness of God. Psalm 34 is an acrostic. What that means is that each verse starts with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet that is in Hebrew. It doesn't translate over into English. But if you'll notice, this psalm has 22 verses. There are 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And so each verse begins with a word that begins with a successive letter. So verse 1 in Hebrew would start with a word that starts with the letter a. Verse 2 starts with a word that starts with the letter B verse 3 starts with a word that starts with the letter C and so forth And so on all the way through those 22 verses. It takes some Imagination it takes some creativity to put a psalm like that together. It's not just the writing down of random thoughts You have to put your mind down to it. What is he doing? What is he saying? I think he's telling us look I want you to know all the a through z of the realities of life. And I want you to know the A through Z of the goodness of God. But I also want you to know that as you look through the whole gamut, the whole A through Z of of the experiences of your life, know that you and I have a responsibility to share hope with people who don't have it. A king becomes a king because there's something special about him. That was certainly true, even especially true of King David. And so his observations strike a real chord. Let's share the hope. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, You are a good God. And You are honest with us about life never at any point did you tell us boy life is gonna always be great but you're honest with us you tell us that there will be low times as well as the high there will be hard times as well as the heavenly times but Lord in all of those life may have its ups and downs one thing we know from you is that you are good And not only do you want to be good to us, but you want us to share the hope that you give us in your goodness. And so Lord, we want to rise to the challenge of sharing the hope. Help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.